Hello, my friends, to another episode of your favorite spooky history podcast, Strange Origins. As I'm nearing my 50th episode, I've realized that there is little I haven't at least mentioned in one of my many episode topics. I feel like I've touched on a million different things, including the supernatural, lots of different religions, fairy tales, metaphysics, but a large topic I have yet to have covered is the idea of the wild man. If you live anywhere in the upper part of the United States, you're more than likely familiar with the concept of a wild man referred to as Bigfoot, or maybe even Sasquatch. While the concept of Bigfoot is a ginormous chunk of cryptozoology that I'm sure I'll investigate in more detail later on, I wanted to go back in time and research all the different versions of hairy, human-like creatures in the forest that have been recorded in history. One of the lesser-known versions of this half-man, half-animal has been referred to as wood woes for thousands of years. But before I discuss exactly what a wood woes is, I feel the need to go back and tell you how I first was introduced to this topic. To do that, I need to tell you about an icon referred to as the Green Man. What little knowledge I had of the Woodwows began when my parents went on a trip to England and Scotland a few years back. After visiting a lot of castles and a lot of churches, my mom brought back with her a fantastic knowledge of different architecture and local history. One of the things I became interested in was the statues of the Green Man that seemed to have been featured in a great number of stone buildings built a millennia ago that have somehow managed to survive to this day. The Green Man can usually be identified by the branches of vines that sprout out of its face or by the flowers or fruit surrounding its features. Sometimes he is seen in mosaics, sporting a full green and leafy beard or tree-like hair or is depicted as a man hiding, as only a pair of eyes under dense foliage. Something interesting I read about the Green Man is how he is classified under three very interesting names. First you have the Foliate Head, where the Green Man is depicted as being completely covered in green leaves. The second classification is called the Disgorging Head, and is usually pretty easy to spot, as he can be seen spitting out or throwing up vegetation. And the third classification, called the Bloodsucker Head, features the green man with vines coming out from his ears, his nostrils, his mouth, and even his tear ducts. While he can be found in both religious and non-religious buildings, what's so interesting about him is that no one really understands why he was built into so many structures. While it's obvious that he serves a decorative purpose, most of the time that kind of meticulous detailing served a purpose in telling a story. Usually, that story was focused on religious iconography. Some people believe that the Green Man was integrated into these structures as a way of helping to bridge the gap between pagan worshippers and Christian worshippers when the two religions began to feud and merge. It's unclear how many names he has gone by, 
But before being referred to as the Green Man for the first time in 1939 by a Lady Raglan for a piece in Folklore magazine, he was actually referred to as Jack in the Green. What's interesting about this theory that he was created to serve medieval purposes is that he was actually created a very long time before the medieval period even started. Green men have been found in Lebanon and Iraq and seem to have been first carved in the second century. It's interesting to me that you can track his travels through time, as it was well documented that the artistic concept hitched a ride with artists who toured Asia Minor and ended up being featured in neo-Gothic Victorian architecture in the 20th century. While the story of the Green Man is a little easier to understand, it's the similar wood woes that has left me fascinated. Seen in many similar places as the Green Man, the wood woe seems to also be a motif focused on nature, but instead of a vegetal face, it is the full figure of a man, or what seems like a man. He also usually looks as if he is fully covered up by fur. Sometimes his artist covers him with a wreath of green leaves on his head and hips, but other times you can clearly see he is standing like a satyr, or in other words, half man, half animal. Something that helps historians identify woodwows is the fact that he can often be seen holding a weapon of some sort. Usually, it's a wooden club. This is because he has been known to fight off mythical creatures such as dragons, though occasionally you can find a depiction of a child etched onto the club. Much like hags were thought to consume children who went wandering into the woods, woodwoses were also used as a kind of boogeyman to help keep children away from the forest and away from danger. Also, in accordance with the boogeyman theory, it was said that woodwoses had superhuman strength which isn't too surprising, seeing as they were painted as fairly large creatures. But something else also written about the creatures was that they were, quote, deaf to the word of God, meaning that they were most likely vilified and painted as pagan. So in the war between Christianity and the older pagan worship, Woodwoses became a demonized character, that wouldn't think twice about bludgeoning your children and eating them, which makes the fact that they were featured in religious buildings all the more interesting. Adults, as it turns out, weren't safe from harm either, as male woodwoses were said to drag young maidens into the forest, and female woodwoses were said to transform into beautiful human women in order to seduce men. According to the stories surrounding the carvings of the creatures, if his club is pointed up as if he is going to attack, he has yet to convert to Christianity. But if his club is pointed down, he has found God and has been converted. Theories are pretty much endless as to what or who actually inspired the woodwows. We know one thing for sure, though. The word woodwows means literally man of the woods. Other than that, your guess is as good as mine. Like the Green Man or even Bigfoot, the Woodwose is thought to reside in the forest and to be one with nature. 
In medieval times, it was the popular theory that the Woodwows were a group of people who had simply just wandered out into the woods. In the same way animals have adapted to nature, grew their hair out for protection from the elements. Another less popular idea was that the Woodwoses were people born with a genetic disorder that caused them to grow fur like an animal, which is real and has been nicknamed the werewolf syndrome. Seen as far from normal, they were banished to the woods where they lived isolated in the wild. And another theory proposed by some modern researchers is that Woodwoses were simply sightings of Neanderthals in medieval Europe. That theory doesn't seem likely to me though, as it's recorded that Neanderthals disappeared from Europe around 40,000 years ago. Despite where they came from or didn't come from, Woodwoses actually ended up changing modern pop culture more than you might realize. A fascinating fact about Woodwoses is that during medieval times, the theory of hairy, wild, brutish men living in the forest became so popular that at one point it was the theme of a party. In 1393, King Charles VI, along with five other men, attended one of these balls which had been organized by the then Queen of France. To prepare for the party, they dressed up in costumes made from linen that had been soaked in highly flammable material, which they then stuck frazzled hemp fibers to in order to make it look as if they were covered in hair. Along with the rather hairy outfits, they were also chained together. Despite the fact that everyone had been warned not to bring any open flames to the party, the king's brother came running in with a torch, obviously unaware of the situation. Four of the men burned alive, while somehow the king escaped injury. The particular party went down in history as the Ball of the Burning Men, and was actually memorialized by Edgar Allan Poe's short story titled Hop Frog, which is one of the more bizarre short stories I've ever read. Unlike Bigfoot, both the Green Men and the Woodwows were never thought to be ape-like, but rather godlike. The Green Man is thought to have been a depiction of quite a few godly figures. There is Osiris, the Egyptian god of fertility, Odin, the Germanic god of wisdom and war, or Dionysus, the Greek god of wine and pleasure. A god I was previously unfamiliar with that the Woodwose is often thought to be related to is Sylvanus, the Roman god of the countryside. While Sylvanus has a bit more power, he is also believed to be the Roman version of the Greek Faunus, who is the half-man and half-goat creature, often referred to as Pan. In an ancient book titled The King's Mirror, there is a fantastical description of a wild man that some believe could have been a Woodwose. It states that, quote, It once happened in that country and this seems indeed strange, that a living creature was caught in the forest as to which no one could say definitely whether it was a man or some other animal, for no one could get a word from it or be sure that it understood human speech. It had the human shape, however, in every detail, both as to hands and face and feet, but the entire body was covered with hair as the beasts are 
and down the back it had a long, coarse mane, like that of a horse, which fell to both sides and trailed along the ground when the creature stooped in walking." End quote. Others believed the green man to have been a depiction of Father Christmas, which kind of makes sense when you imagine characters like the ghost of Christmas present in A Christmas Carol, who is known for his lush costume of greenery. But the most popular figures the wild man is confused to be is that of Christ, or when featured as a couple, Adam and Eve. Surprisingly, woodwoes can actually be found carved alongside depictions of wild women, a lot of who seem to be his equal in body hair. A famous tapestry now hung in the Basel Historical Museum is titled Wild Woman with Unicorn and features a woman sitting in a field with a unicorn only she could tame. Something peculiar about the wild woman and what sets her apart from other maidens is the thick curly hair that covers everything on her body with the exception of her breasts, neck, and face. A famous Celtic myth that might explain the origin of the Woodwows is the Irish tale called the Madness of Sweeney. In the 9th century tale, a pagan king assaults a Christian bishop and is cursed with madness as a consequence. Afterward, he begins to grow feathers and talons and can fly like a bird. He spends years traveling naked through the woods and composes verses with the other madmen of the woods, which personally doesn't sound like that bad of a punishment. In an attempt to be forgiven, he writes a poem praising the Christian God shortly before dying. Another, probably more recognizable character that once played the role of the man in the woods was Merlin from Arthurian legend. Originally referred to as Myrden Wild, Wilt originally translates to mean wild. As I mentioned in my second witches episode, Myrden is thought to have been a real man who, after witnessing the horrible events of war in 573, fled to the woods to live with the beasts and to eventually receive the gift of prophecy. In the story titled Vita Merlini, written around 1150, it's said of Merlin that, quote, a strange madness came upon him. He crept away and fled to the woods, unwilling that any should see his going. Into the forest he went, glad to lie hidden beneath the ash trees. He watched the wild creatures grazing on the pasture of the glades. Sometimes he would follow them, sometimes pass them in his course, sometimes pass them in his course. He made use of the roots of plants and grasses, of fruit from trees, and of the blackberries in the thicket. He became a man of the woods as if dedicated to the woods. So for a whole summer he stayed hidden in the woods, discovered by none, forgetful of himself and of his own, lurking like a wild thing." End quote. One of the most widely recognized references to Woodwoses was in J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings universe. In it, there is a race of creatures called Druidin, which I probably just butchered the name of, who are also nicknamed the Woses, and who are described as, quote, living few and secretly, wild and wary as beasts. One story, written around 1200 and recounted in Myths and Legends of Britain and Ireland by Richard Jones, 
tells of a creature that seems like a mix between a wood woes and a merman. The story probably wouldn't have become such a popular folktale if not for the survival of his depiction in stone at the base of baptismal fonts in several local churches. The story goes that fishermen in the area were astonished one day when they pulled up a strangely human-looking creature. It was described as covered in a thick mat of hair, with a long beard and a bald crown at the top of his head. It would also only communicate in grunts. They took the creature to a castle built by Henry II and kept him there where he lived almost like a prisoner. Some stories say that they fed him fish, which he always wrung the water out of before consuming raw, while other accounts say that he only drank the water that came from the fish, instead of the fresh water they gave him. And attempting to bring the creature to God, they forced it to attend a church service at Orford Church, which he seemed very disinterested in. While he seemed happy at his prison in the castle, he ended up escaping one day after his guards allowed him to exercise by swimming in the ocean water. He was never seen again. Abbot Ralph of Kogashal is famous for having documented the case of the Orford Wild Man several years after the events were supposed to have happened in a book called the Chronicon Anglicanum. After he was featured in the magical Sweeney and Merlin tales, the concept of the Woodwoes evolved, or should I say devolved, into something a little less human and a little more monstrous. Today, it just takes a quick Google search to find a plethora of information on modern wild men. And it doesn't matter where you travel, you can find a version of a Woodwoes in pretty much every country and culture. In Brazilian folklore, the Mapinguari is said to live in the Amazon rainforest. This creature, besides being a large, hairy beast, is often described as being a cyclops, meaning it sees out of one eyeball situated in the middle of its face, and its mouth is conveniently situated where its belly button would be. In Australia, the boogeyman that roams the wilderness is called Yowie. Known mostly from Aboriginal folklore, the Yowie, also called the Yahoo, or the Hairy Man, is famous for being one of the more aggressive versions of the Bigfoot-type cryptid. And in the Chinese forests, it is believed by many that a hairy creature, referred to as Yuren, descends from the mountains only in search of food and prisoners. It's said that there has been a constant string of sightings since 340 BC, an obsession with the creature culminated in the so-called Yuren fever of the 60s and 70s. The concept of nature versus man has always intrigued me. But something that's even more interesting to me is what happens when man succumbs to nature. Despite all the good civilization has done for the safety and comfort of humans, I sometimes wonder at what cost we've paid. Oh no. I sometimes wonder what cost we've paid for refinement and enlightenment. To me, the story of the Woodwoes is the story of spirituality versus religion, or humanity versus instinct. 
I guess it's also interesting to point out that in the end, we all die anyway. And so in one way or another, we all are going to return to nature in some form or another. So were the wild men and women really so crazy for making peace with their surroundings? That's kind of too big of a question for me to answer, so I'll just leave you to think about it. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Strange Origins, my friends. I hope you learned something, because I know I did. Stay safe out there, please don't go wandering into the woods alone anytime soon, and don't forget to keep it strange. Thanks guys, bye.